so I am Pastor Deanna. I'm one of the senior pastors here. Um, I get the privilege of sharing today out of Proverbs on money and uh, resources and that kind of thing. So um, we're going to be uh, reading some out of Proverbs 18. Um, I'll probably be going off script a bit. Um, so the, the main thing this morning is that we all receive a word from God, and we feel like this is a timely message on, on this um, subject. So if you would pray with me, I would really appreciate it. We thank you, Father God, that your word is uh, strong, that it is powerful, it is um, truth. We thank you, Lord, that you will speak through me, that the people here will um, receive a word from you, that they will receive um, a peace in their spirits and um, uh, an unction to move forward into more of what you have for us. So we thank you, Lord. I thank you that um, you bless my physical body, that you bless my throat and my um, lungs. I just thank you, Lord, that you are a complete Father God, that you are a total healer, that you are um, the one who loves us and cares for us and wants all of our life to fall into place according to your will. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So, I have a scripture up there. If you would read it with me, I'll read it up there too. Um, out loud, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs into it and is safe. A rich man's wealth is his strong city and like a high wall in his imagination. So, um, let's see here. Sean has been talking about the book of Proverbs. He's been bringing up some different subjects. And what I think is interesting about the Bible and about the God that we serve is um, it doesn't shy away from those hard subjects. So um, last weekend was proverbial sex, which I thought was an interesting and, um, you know, timely message as well. This week we're going to be talking about money. So um, there is that thing on this planet, in this world, in our government, in our daily lives that we deal with, and that is money. That's the, the gold and the silver, um, our credit cards, all of that stuff. The things that we use to um, run things, the things that we use to power things. So um, I'm sure a lot of you have heard that money is the root of evil, um, or money is evil, um, and the Bible says that money is the root, uh, can be the root of evil. And so... Um, it's not a bad thing, though, right? So <laughs> there was a, there was a um, quote that somebody had said that was saying, I've been rich and I've been poor, and rich is better. And it's like, well, you know, being poor isn't necessarily a bad, bad thing, but you have limited resources to do the things that you want to do and the things that God has called you to do. Um, so being rich in and of itself is not necessarily the best thing or better than somebody who doesn't have as much, but it allows you to do some of those things that God has called you to do, right? And it is fun sometimes. <laughs> it allows you to do the things that you want to do, right? So um, we have the power with it to run, what are, I'll, I'll kind of throw it out to you guys. What are some of the things that money can do that is a good thing? Buy food. Buy food. Housing. 
Help others in what way? Okay, so if they need something, if they need food or, or rent or something, help them with that. Enjoy time with your family, so like a vacation or even just the movies or something like that, right? Resource ministries. Resource ministries. Fund hospitals. There's a lot of private hospitals. Um, money funds schools. So our taxes and stuff fund schools, and um, our donations fund private schools. Um, just gets us to and from our work, which maybe you don't think of as a good thing, but <laughs> it allows us to get there to make more money, right? Um, <laughs> she said, giving it to the IRS. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, some of us have been in jail before and had to call their mother to get some bail money. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's not, a, not necessarily a... Like, it's not a fun situation, but um, the money was good in that situation, right? To get you out and get you working again. I'm talking about other people, not myself, of course. <laughs> um, and then, so then it can be volatile as well. So what ways can money be a negative thing? Gambling? Stock market. Stock market, which, Some people do I mean, that. can be, yeah. What else? Paying the IRS. Paying the IRS. There, that's the right one. <laughs> and idle in what way? Okay, more important than people or God. Drugs and alcohol. What candy? Prostitution. So when you're paying for, um, you know, um, somebody to, to sin... Um, hmm? Pain for an addiction, yeah. Um, so um, I think, too, of manipulation. So when somebody holds um, the money as like a power thing, and so, you know, you have to do what I want you to do in order for you to get the resources that I have, um, that's when it's used in a negative way. Um, whether it's purposeful or not, you know, there's that... that um, the imbalance of power a lot of times that money gives, whether it's in a relationship, a husband and wife, or a boss and an employee. Um, you know, it's like you have to do what they say, otherwise you're going to lose your job kind of a thing. So, um, you know, money can be used in that way for manipulation. Um, some people, um, like Jessica was talking about, um, when you put it above relationships, when you put it above people or God, um, and so when you're spending all your time trying to get it, and it's just kind of never enough. Um, I think of um, sometimes when you start out and you maybe don't have that much money, so um, you're just making ends meet, right? And then maybe you get a raise or you get some kind of bonus, and do you save that so that you can you know, be more secure down the way. And it's like, oh, well, now I have money to do this other thing that I wanted to do. And a lot of times, as people's income raises, their lifestyle spending raises as well. And so um, it just becomes um, like a holding your finger in the dam kind of a thing, you know, as opposed to um, working more to get more to maybe be able to spend time with your family or do those kind of things. Instead, it just becomes, um, you know, I'm, I'm spending, I'm getting more to spend more, to get more to spend more, to get more to spend more. And it just becomes kind of a, um, a cycle that 
doesn't get any better. Um, some of us here have more to manage of money, and some of us have less. And when I'm talking about money today, I'm also talking about resources too. So we're talking about, you know, maybe you have vehicles, maybe you have a boat, maybe you have businesses, maybe you have other ways, you know, it's not just cash money in your hand or whatever, but you have other ways of um, gaining power or gaining um, privilege and that kind of thing, and um, not just money. So we're talking about all of that. But, um, so some of us have a little more, some of us have a lot more, some of us have very little to work with, but what we're talking about today is first of all, working with what you have, right? Mm -hmm. So I believe that God wants to bless all of us. He wants to bless us with more than we have. Um, he has the cattle on a thousand hills. He has more than enough for us. So I believe that he does want to bless us with more in order to be a blessing to others. But we're also just talking about today on working with what you have. And so instead of, oh, I wish I had more. I, you know, I wish I, I, um, could do more, I wish I could do whatever, thinking about how you are spending your, what you currently have, how you are using your resources that you currently have, okay? So, I know some of you might be thinking, I know Sean has been <laughs> talking about this for a few weeks that I was going to be up here talking about this, so hopefully most of you are aware and you're not thinking, oh, I want to slip out because she's talking about money and the church is talking about money or whatever, but um, this is really, to me, um, a blessing to know how God wants us to use our resources and um, how we can be a blessing to other people. Um, so hopefully this will be something that you're not gritting your teeth over. <laughs> so um, one of the things um, that we struggle with, with money, we struggle as a nation with debt. Um, there was an article in Time Magazine that said the total household debt, so household debt of Americans, um, is $13 trillion. So that's the highest it's ever been. So that's not the national debt. That's our debt. Like our credit cards, our houses, our cars, that's our debt. Um, it gone down from 2008. Um, there was that kind of financial collapse in 2008 um, when we had all taken on less debt. But then since then, we've taken on more debt. So um, we have mortgages. And we have, like I said, we have our cars, but a lot of the debt that that 13 trillion is made up of is credit card debt, um, personal loans, personal debt. Um, more we're carrying more debt into retirement than ever before. Um, so I know that's a, um, also a question and a, a subject that comes up for a lot of people is, can I afford to retire? So people are retiring later and later than they have before. Um, you know, they're looking at, can I afford my insurance? Can I afford uh, my vehicle? I'm going to have to, you know, try to pay off some of these things or get some things taken care of before I go into retirement so I'm not going into it um, upended. So, um, <laughs> like I said, they are caring more. I'm not quite at retirement age yet, but getting there. And so as we're all getting closer to retirement age, I, I think about it, you know, because I'm like, I'm... You know, a lot of people, like it seems like 20 years is a long time to be in a profession. But now, you know, like my mom just retired last year and she was in for 38 years at one, like uh, not one job, but one um, like company. She worked for the state of South Dakota. And so um, I think, wow, 38 years is a long time. But, you know, she's 
not that old. <laughs> she's not that old, and she's very healthy, very active. Um, and so she had that conversation with herself, with us, um, with my sister about, do I retire? You know, I could keep on working for another 10 years, another 15 years, however long. She's healthy. She's, she's good to go. But she'd worked for almost 40 years, was a stressful job, and she had her retirement ready to go. And so, um, you know, it took her a few years to kind of, again, work out all those details, but she made that decision, you know, and, um, like, well, so now you're going to have to pay your insurance that you weren't doing before. You're getting less money than you were. So, you know, thinking of all those things that go into it. But um, we can sit here and say, well, these older folks who are carrying that debt into retirement, why are they doing that? You know, what are they doing? They're, why, they've had 40 years to <laughs> figure it out. Why are they doing it? Well, we can talk about young people too, because the younger people are taking on higher debt um, and at a higher rate and paying it off at a lower rate than ever before as well. So it's not like the older generation is making these mistakes or making poor decisions. It's not just the younger people making poor decisions. Um, it's kind of us as a people who are getting sucked into um, chasing that idol of money, you know. Um, we want to live better. We want our children to live better than we did. And so often that means um, making those poor decisions. I know I've been in a, in a position where I think, okay, we can do this. And it's, it's, it's free. There's no interest rate for a year, right? There's no interest for two years. So we can just pay this off $100 a month, $200 a month. And by the time that two years comes by, we'll have paid it off and there's no interest and that's great. Um, but then it's like, well, there's no interest, so I don't have to make this month payment, so I can just make a double payment next month because there's no fee or there's no penalty. And then the next month comes around, it's like, ooh, that's a double payment. I can't quite make that. So I'll just make a partial payment and I'll just make it up next month. And then next month, and next month, and that two years comes around, and now you have 18% interest rate on $2,000 debt <laughs> that you can't pay off. And so, um, you know, it's, it's one of the things that, you know, credit companies, credit um, uh, businesses and stuff will kind of, they know that you're going to do that. <laughs> they know that we have those failings and stuff, and, and that's kind of how they make their money, which isn't to say that in and of itself is a bad thing. Um, they've figured out a way to do something, um, and we just fall into the, the folly, I guess, of that. So, um, let's see. Older millennials, so those born between um, 81 and 96. Who's here? It's 81 to 96. How many millennials do we have? One? <laughs> Two? Two? Gotta get some more millennials in here. You guys don't scare them off. So, <laughs> um, according to Northwestern Mutual, the older millennials are carrying some of the highest personal debt, and that's excluding mortgages. So, somewhere around $42,000 per person in that age group. Um, and credit card balances are, again, the leading cause of that debt. So, that is definitely a bad place to be when. Um, you don't have a, a really good way of making that up, you know, when you're kind of living paycheck to paycheck. So, um, one of the things um, that 
we talked about, Sean and I talked about like last week and, and we talked about a little bit going into this week, is we don't want um, these messages to be a shaming thing. You know, we, we definitely want people to be thinking and, and realizing where they are having some wrong thinking about stuff, making some poor choices and stuff, but not to where it's like, I am in debt and I'm sinning and I must be, you know, doing something really bad and God hates me. <laughs> so it's like, no, um, we're all, have, we've all been, I'm sure, in, a, in that place. And maybe I won't say all, like 98% of us have been in a place where um, money has been an issue, um, where we haven't been able to, to make a payment or haven't been able to do what, you know, we feel like God is calling us to do. Um, and so I just want everybody to realize that, you know, for one thing, I am far from perfect on this situation. Um, and I think a lot of us struggle with this, which is why we wanted to bring it up. So um, let's see here. Uh, one of the things about Proverbs too is it, it does kind of hit you, right, in that spot, right? It's like, oh, you are an idiot. Don't do that anymore. <laughs> it's like, oh, I am <laughs> like, oh, I've, I've built up this wall or this, you know, this idol or whatever. And it's like, why are you doing that? Just don't do that. And it's like, oh, so thankfully though, you know, Proverbs does hit us in those places, but uh, the Bible also gives us a lot of ways to walk that stuff out and a lot of grace. So the Lord gives us a lot of grace to walk out these things that we struggle with. So I want to give you some four facts as we're going in, into this. Um, about money. So, number one fact is that money is dangerous. Can be, but it is, it is. And so, I'm sure a lot of us have seen Lord of the Rings, Gollum, and there's one ring, his precious. I'm not going to do the voice. So, <laughs> but the ring, you know, is gold. The ring is a prize. It is, you know, we could see as money or whatever, a goal. And, you know, how much did people chase after it and lay down their lives and um, fight people for it and even change who they were for it, right? Um, it can make you crazy, um, make you do dangerous things. So we talked about like the addictions and stuff. Um, in Proverbs 1, Father's warning the son about his buddies that will say, let's lie and wait for blood. Let us ambush the innocent without reason. And so a lot of you are probably thinking, well, that's not me. I'm not waiting in a bush to knock somebody over the head and take their wallet, you know. But um, when we obsess about money, then it becomes a... Uh, I need more. How do I get more? I'm going to compromise certain things in order to get that, you know? And again, so, oh, it could be uncomfortable, you know? Um, we had Sturgis last week, so, um, you know, a lot of people um, were probably compromising some of their moral compass in order to get money, right? Um, we're compromising um, what they believe in order to um, get attention, to get um, 
something, you know. So whatever it was, there's just a lot of um, trade going on in Sturgis. Um, and a lot of it was money. So, you know, there's a ton of money being poured in with 500,000 people extra coming into this area. Um, there is, it's a known fact that there is sex trafficking going on. Um, there's drug and alcohol abuse. Um, you know, just the, uh, the day-to-day kind of, you know, people who are there for the wrong reasons. Um, and so we're not necessarily... I'm not even necessarily saying Sturgis is a bad place or driving a motorcycle is a bad thing. I have a motorcycle license. Um, and so I'm just saying kind of what is the, the point and what is the uh, purpose of that. And so when we chase after things, we say, I need more, I want more, um, we tend to start compromising things, you know. And so on a day-to-day basis, it's like, well, I need more money, so I'm going to um, maybe clock out earlier, but say I was there longer. Um, you know, I, my, um, I have a job where I do tours of the Black Hills and stuff, and we get, um, you know, we kind of put our own hours down for the day. And so um, I get there at a certain time, and I get my stuff ready for the day, and then I go do the tour, and then I get back, and then I, like, clean up from the day. And then I usually have um, like downtime with the boss where he asks how things went, what's going on, all that kind of stuff. And so um, I generally do like 15 minutes clock in before my start time and then um, 15 minutes after is my end time. But if I'm talking with my boss, then that's considered part of my job. Um, But so then we could get talking about other things, you know? other personal stuff or the news or whatever's going on and stuff. And so, um, you know, when I'm done, completely done for the day and I'm looking at my, like, timesheet of what I do. So I talked with him till 6.30, but we were really talking about random stuff for the last half hour. So I could put 6.30 down on my timesheet and he wouldn't have a problem with that. But me personally, I would have a problem with that. And so I put six o'clock, you know, it's like I had my 15 minutes plus 15 minutes of um, the debriefing or whatever, and then whatever else was extra, you know. And I know there are other people in the business who put down every minute that they were there. And again, it's not, it's not like a stealing thing because the boss kind of says it's okay, you know, put down your time that you're here. But I just don't feel like personally that I should do that, if that makes sense. And so then um, it's one of those things where it's my moral compass, it's my moral thing that that's the line that I have for that. Um, And so if I was feeling like I really need money, do I cross that line for myself? Do I change that moral compass for myself and say, well, he says that I can charge for every minute that I'm here, so I'm going to put on that extra half an hour, that extra 45 minutes. And so those are kind of some of the things that, you know, to think about, I guess, in in our day-to-day, it's not necessarily I'm paying for cocaine or something, although that could be an issue, Um, but it's some of those things where it's like, am I 
being honest and am I being um, right in that path for where I should be with my money, with my time, with my resources? Um, you know, do we, do we give too much wiggle room, especially when it comes to ourselves? You know, we can, we can look at somebody else and say, oh, they aren't doing the right thing. They should do this. They should do that. They um, should be clocking out at that time or whatever. And for myself, though, you know, I really deserve that little extra because I work really, really hard, you know, and we tend to sort of justify and let those things slide for ourselves, which again, that can be dangerous. So, well-intentioned, but dangerous. Um, the Association of Certified Fraud Examiners does an estimate of the amount of occupational fraud among businesses. So they are just looking at cases of proven fraud. So this isn't you know, thinking about it, this isn't um, wondering about it, uh, this is where it's been proven that where somebody has stolen from their company for their own financial benefit. So um, the number when they were looking at these cases um, was up to $7 billion um, dollars of fraud. And so, <laughs> so if you can imagine, like I can't imagine, <laughs> maybe you can, imagine the amount of human suffering that could be alleviated by that $7 billion. You know, imagine um, the programs that we could have with $7 billion. Imagine the <laughs> cancellation of debt that we could do for $7 billion. Um, and it even happens in ministry, right? So we're talking about businesses, but it happens in ministry. There was something in the news recently um, about somebody who was convicted of fraud for stealing from ministry. Um, it happens a lot in, um, in uh, charities as well. So just um, you know, non-religious non ministries, but other charities as well. And I think that's part of the, the trust thing that people look at people in those um, kind of positions and just assume that they will not make those choices. But again, it's, it's not like you get into that job and say, hey, they hired me yesterday. I think I'm going to steal $100,000 today. You know, it is, oh, I'm going to just take this $5 or this $10. And, you know, I, again, I work really, really hard. And so um, I'm owed it or I deserve it or something. And and we cross that line. And then it's $100, and then it's using the credit card for personal stuff, and, oh, well, maybe I will pay it back. I'm gonna pay it back, but then it doesn't get paid back. And that can be in your business, that could be in a ministry, that could be with friends or family, where you maybe borrow money and then just hope they don't think about it, hope they don't remember it, don't bring it up. Um, maybe you just stop talking to that person, or they stop talking to you. So, um, it's so many ways that, that it becomes an issue and it's dangerous for us. Um, another um, big way that money is dangerous is it can supplant one's trust in God. So in Proverbs um, 18, 10, 11, it says, The name of the Lord, this is what we read earlier, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs into it and is safe. A rich man's wealth is a strong city and like a high wall in his imagination. So you can live your life building trust in God, or you can build it in the trust of money. 
So it says that money is going to be your strong tower and your imagination if you choose to place your trust there. Um, if you've ever heard or if you've ever said, I've got enough money to take care of myself. I'm, I feel good because I know I can take care of myself. Um, but that's really a shaky foundation because money can go in an instant. You know, um, I'm sure many of you have been in that situation too where car breaks down, a lot of people's basements flooded. So whether you have insurance or not, there are deductibles, there's replacing um, things that were lost. Um, we had a flood in our basement up in North Dakota when we lived up there. And so we did have insurance that covered, covered um, like the loss, but um, we had the deductible. And then um, there was a lot of things that just wasn't, um, you know, replaceable. And so, um, you know, when we put our, when we put our, faith in things and it's like well I have insurance don't worry about it I've heard people say that before about cars got into an accident well you have insurance so it's no big deal it's like well no you still maybe got hurt your car might get fixed but it won't be the same um, it was stressful all that kind of stuff but we think that if we have enough money that everything will be fine um, <laughs> second thing is it's limited so money can build a house, but it can't build a home, right? Proverbs fifteen sixteen says, better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble with it. So what I was talking about earlier too, we can um, get on this, on this thing with money where we're chasing after it and it's just basically like a treadmill. So you do the work, but you don't really go anywhere, you know, so you're, you're, working really hard to stay in the same place. Um, so we can make a lot of money, we can work a lot of hours because it's easy to track that. But then, um, you know, if the dollar goes up, if you get that raise, you're thinking I'm winning, but then there's also taxes along with that. And then, again, it seems like when you get that extra stuff, it's like, well, now I can afford a better car. Now I can afford, you know, to get these new clothes, I can afford to go on vacation, I can afford to do that kind of stuff. And then the money is just not there, um, the extra money. So we can increase our square footage, we can put food on the table, but we can't make fellowship. You know, we can't create the fellowship. Um, the money can't create the fellowship. Um, we can get jewelry and luxury and yachts and all that, but um, I'm like, that sounds good. No. <laughs> Jewelry and yachts. And <laughs> but we can be hollow and empty inside. You know, there's a lot of people who have um, that kind of stuff and they are miserable inside and they're um, empty and lonely um, and filling it with other things that are not so good. Um, so moving on though, third thing, money can be nice it can be so write it down that's the tweet of the day money can be nice it can actually be a good thing right this isn't all just a don't get money don't have money live in a hut somewhere and and just love the lord it's like well we can love the lord in a mansion as well right we can love the lord on the yacht we can do that so it's money to it's nice to have because it does give you some autonomy right um, Proverbs 22 says, the rich rules over the poor and the borrower, borrower is the slave of the lender. <laughs> so 
So if you get into a place where you're having to borrow a lot, borrow like regularly, then you become a slave to the person who is lending or to the company is lending, right? Um, it limits your options. So if you wanted to be a missionary, um, if you wanted to help somebody out in the world um, and you're strapped for cash because you have debt, then that's going to limit your options. Um, one thing, you know, we have been over the years um, able to be a blessing to others and we've been blessed by others. And so um, I think in both situations, it felt good. You know, it felt like this is a moment in time and God is showing me something. Um, you know, we, I've, I've been in a situation where I just felt like, okay, I need to give, give this person, this family, a bag of groceries, you know? And so I'm gonna go get some groceries, give them a little gift card and give them that. And I, and I think sometimes, for one thing, I could use that. <laughs> I have seven kids, I could use that. Um, and I also think my $50 worth of stuff is not gonna make that much of a difference, you know? Um, gonna, again, like pushing the finger in the dam or whatever. And um, I think, you know, I think of the, um, the saying that you give a person a fish and they'll eat for a day and you teach a person to fish and they'll eat for a lifetime. But sometimes they just need to eat. You know, sometimes they just need something right now, right that day. And so um, I think that's also the devil's way of, of keeping people from doing things. Because, you know, when I think of doing something like that for somebody, I think it's not going to be that, they're not going to be that grateful. They're not going to be, it's not going to help them that much. Um, we've had a situation where we had an extra vehicle. We were blessed with um, an extra vehicle. And so, you know, we definitely had the discussion about it of we could sell this and maybe get like $1,500, $2,000 for it or something. We could keep it just in case one of ours, you know, gets bad. And so we'll have this extra one for us and stuff. And at the time, you know, we just felt like, okay, no, we do feel like we have been blessed in so many ways. We want to give this on to somebody else. And, you know, it's a big boat of a car. <laughs> and thinking again, this person might not appreciate it. They might be like, why are you giving us this old junky car or whatever? And, and um, you know, they would want something better or they might, they might complain that now they have to do registration and taxes and you know, whatever, insurance and stuff on it. But it's like, okay, this is what we believe the Lord has given us to do and we're gonna bless this person with it. So then um, I've never given somebody something like that and had them say, oh, I don't really want this. I don't like this, or, you know, why did you do this? It's not good enough, you know. I've never had anybody say that. Um, it's always been gratefulness, and in many cases, um, you know, it was a, um, a, like telling us that they were just praying, you know, how are we gonna get by? How are we gonna feed our family today? Or how are we gonna get to work tomorrow or whatever? So it's like God working in their life, God working in our lives, and us just being a conduit. And again, it's not to say like, oh, we're so fabulous because we did this. Um, it's just listening to God. And so whether it's a $5 coffee or it's a car or it's paying somebody's mortgage or something, you know, um, 
it's, it's listening to God and being obedient in that with the resources that you have. Um, we were in a place, um, really, really financially bad place, and Sean had lost his uh, ministry position when we were in Colorado, so we were kind of far away, and um, he ended up being out of work for three months, and um, we just were kind of in a place of, well, I don't think we'll be on the street, because we'll go live with Grandpa, <laughs> with Dennis, if we have to. Um, but it's like, well, how are we even going to get there? We don't have any you know, way to even get there, and, and just being like in a really, really difficult place, and stressed and hurting and you know like this is one of those things where money would be nice (laughs) money would be nice um and i was working it's like so able to pay rent for a time being um but it's like we just have nothing you know so what do we do what what do we go how do we figure this out and stuff and um a lady came to sean and gave him a check for six thousand dollars and it was like are you sure? <laughs> are you sure this was like the zeros that you wanted on there? And she gave it to him and she said, um, I really pray that you can stay. And so then he had to say, I cannot accept this if it means that you're expecting me to stay here. Because he said, you know, I'm, I'm applying for jobs in different places and we have to go, you know, where God is telling us to go and stuff. And this will keep us, you know, this will really, really help. But unless you're able to do this every month, <laughs> um, it just doesn't, you know, it doesn't do what, we, what we're needing it to do and stuff. And so, um, you know, that was one of the tough things for him to do, to basically say, I can't accept this if this is the case. Um, and then on her end of things, you know, she said, just take it and be blessed. And I just, you know, pray that we'd be able to keep your family and stuff here. But knowing, you know, I'm also praying that you follow in God's will as well. <clears throat> so it's one of those things where, okay, money in that situation was really, really nice. You know, it was really, really helpful. And did it make us more secure? It did. But it was the situation in saying, God took care of us. Because it wasn't like, it wasn't his paycheck. You know, it wasn't something he had worked for in that moment and got. It was somebody else listening to the Lord and saying, I'm going to bless this family with resources that I have to give, you know? And I have no idea what her financial status is. We have no idea if that was like given, like me giving somebody a dollar or if it was like, you know, now she's going to be eating ramen noodles for the next (laughs) couple months or whatever. You know, we have no idea. All we know is that we were grateful that somebody listened to the Lord in that situation. And so we can use money in a positive and good way, listening to the Lord and not just necessarily just going out and throwing money out and here you go, be blessed, but you know, being mindful with our resources, mindful with our businesses. Um, you know, if we're able to um, 
to bless somebody with a, a free service or a free meal or something like that that we have um, because the Lord is, is leading us in that. You know, we can do it just to be nice, but what I'm saying is really listening to what the Lord is leading us into. And so um, the fourth thing is it is manageable. So even though it can be dangerous, it can be explosive at times, um, it can also be manageable. And not just under our own management, because we do not always manage our, our lives well, our resources well. Um, just like the peace that surpasses understanding, I don't just have that peace. It's a gift from the Lord. And so with our resources, being able to manage it, it's not like in our family, I manage our money more than Sean does. Um, I pay the bills and, and kind of see where you know things are going and that kind of stuff. I just have um, a better sense of numbers and that kind of thing than he does. Um, but it doesn't necessarily mean that um, he has no say in it. Um, and so when we are managing money, God has given us a certain, you know, blessing in, in our lives, and the way that we manage it is from Him. And so we don't have to be uh, financial advisors. We don't have to, um, you know, be numbers people per se. We just need to be listening to the Lord, and He will give us the wisdom, um, the direction, and stuff to do that. So um, if you... Um, if you allow him to come into that. So that's the thing, is that we don't um, go into it just saying, well, like, like I could say, well, I'm the one in charge. I'm the one who knows what I'm doing. So we have this X amount to pay this and this X amount to pay that. And, you know, it's really good to have a budget, really, really good to have a budget, but also realizing that a lot of times miraculous things happen within those budgets. You know, when you think that you don't have enough and God comes in and... Uh, meets that need, um, it's, a, it's a miraculous thing. And so then a lot of times it is us following what God's leading. So if somebody has a need over here and they're not sure how they're going to meet it, it's God using somebody else to meet that need. But it's the Lord prompting and then us as a body listening, right? But last thing to do about that though is that we manage it well as well. So it's like we can only manage it well with the Lord, um, but we do need to be mindful of that. So I could say, well, I know that the Lord is going to um, meet that need. I know that he'll give me a check for $6,000 because he's done it before, so I can go ahead and go spend my money on anything and everything I want to do. Um, that would not be <laughs> wisdom, and that would not be managing our stuff well, right? That's how we as a nation have gotten into so much debt. So we still need to um, work on managing our our um, money, but the last little thing here I'm going to talk about is trust. So we need to manage our money. We need to be wise with it. We need to be mindful of it. We need to be listening to the Lord, but trusting him as well. And so trusting not just that he's going to meet my need, but trusting when he does tell me to bless somebody or something that, that it's going to go into a good place. So I know um, I've seen people who have given somebody on the street, you know, money. And it's like, oh, why are you giving that person money? They're just going to go spend it on alcohol or drugs or whatever. They're just going to waste it. And um, one person I heard speaking about this, um, she said, you know, I'm doing what the Lord is telling me to do. What they do with it is on them. And 
that was just <laughs> something that went to my heart and my spirit. And I thought, what an amazing, amazing trust that she has in the Lord. You know, listening to the Lord, doing what she felt like he was telling her to do, and then letting the rest of it be in his hands. You know, so we can give into ministries. We, you can give into this church. We can tell you this church is doing great things. You know, Patricia is out there with the outreach team and they're doing amazing things. And the youth ministry is reaching teenagers and, you know, we're doing all this stuff. But you still have to trust that God is using your resources here wisely, right? That we're using the resources wisely. Um, you still have to trust that when you go somewhere to eat. You're trusting that the money you're giving is going to give you back something healthy for your body, right? So um, we're managing our money, we're managing our resources, and then we're trusting God. So um, Proverbs says, I'm either going to trust God that he built this world and he knows how it works, and if I work it his way, I'm going to flourish. So we can trust him. He created this world. He created us. He even created the resources, right? So we can trust that he has a plan for that and a plan for us, and we can flourish with it, or we can go our own way and just kind of be treading along and, and running after things. So I'm just going to close. We didn't get through everything. Um, I talk slower than Sean. So, <laughs> so we didn't get through everything that... Um, that we wanted to do today, but I wanted to hit those highlights. I wanted you guys to understand um, that money is a tool. It's a tool for us to use. It's, it's not the devil. It's not evil. It can be dangerous, um, but it can be also used for so many good things. It can be used in ministries, but it can be used to bless that single parent. Um, back to school is coming up really soon. Um, a lot of people struggle with um, supplies and that kind of thing and I think too again when we go back to that example of the person saying I'm going to give to this this needy person whatever they do with it is on them I feel like a lot of times we tend to say well that person with the kids knows that school is coming they should be planning for that you know they know that their kid's birthday is coming they should be planning for that but that's just the reality is a lot of people know that they want to plan for it maybe they're even saving up for it and then something happens you know and so we can um, be that the hands and feet of Jesus in those situations or we can be somebody who shames the people who um, are struggling and so I want to be a part of fixing things and helping people and loving people and loving my neighbor as opposed to shaming them and letting them know how much better I am than them, you know, because I, I just know that I'm not. I know that, you know, the Lord has blessed me. The Lord has blessed my family in so many ways by so many people and in so many situations that how can I not want to be a blessing to other people when I can, where I can, where he's called me to do that. Thank you, Father God, for your resources. We thank you that um, everything that we have in our bank accounts, in our houses, all of that stuff, we thank you for it. We welcome it. But we ask that you would help us to not hold so tightly to it. That we would see it as your blessing, your giftings, 
that we can be a blessing to others, that we can show each other, show other people your heart, your heart with these resources, that we would find opportunities with ministries, that we would find opportunities with families, with individuals, we'd find opportunities in our businesses, with our friends, with strangers, that you would show us, that you would open our hearts, you would open our minds, open our spirits to show us what you want us to do with what you've blessed us with. I thank you, Lord, that you have more than enough. You have more than enough for me. You have more than enough for each person in this room. And I pray a blessing, a hundredfold blessing on the blessings that we give out. Thank you, Lord, that that is your word, that you love us enough to want us to be free of debt, to be free of that stress of money. I thank you, Jesus, in your holy name. If anybody here um, doesn't know the Lord that I'm talking about and would like to make that decision for him, if everybody would lower their eyes, um, if you want to make that decision for Christ this morning, if you want to say, you know, I have never really given my heart to him and want to do that this morning, if you want to do that with everybody's eyes closed and heads bowed, if you want to raise your hand and just acknowledge that. Okay. I thank you, Father God, that as we go out of these doors, that we are a blessing to other people that we are a blessing with our finances, with our time, with our resources, that that people see us coming and they are excited to see us, not just because of what we're giving, but because of the joy that we're doing, that we have when we're doing that. So I thank you, Jesus, in your holy name. Amen.